0: Hello, welcome to the ChooseCast for Tuesday the 22nd of November and uh, I'm Hwani. and you might have listened to this before but you might never have listened to this and um, not really sure what it was and I I was trying to think like what is it really and I wrote a little tiny manifesto so would you like me to read it to you? Okay then I will. The ChooseCast is an open letter podcast to my friends Old and new friends, near and far, met and unmet yet. It's just me chat ranting about my week, what I've watched, read, listened to, thought about, cooked and created. It's made lo-fi style and published to SoundCloud on a Tuesday. Hence the name. So that's what you're listening to. And um, for this Tuescast 22nd of November, um, I've been watching... I were, you know how um, a few weeks ago I got a DVD copy of Vibes in the Post from eBay, which is an absolutely like a real classic from my early adolescence. I don't remember how we ended up watching it, but it's a film with Cindy Lauper and Jeff Goldblum. It was made in, oh god, 1988. And it's got a great cast, aside from Cindy Lauper and Jeff Goldman, who are both fantastic in it. It's got Peter Falk and Julian Sands, Steve Buscemi's in it. I don't know how to say his surname, and I love him, which makes it really hard, because I, I should know how to say it. I should at least look it up. Um, I've got a few other things I can just see on my bookshelf that I should get into. I bought the DVD um, of Olive Kitteridge, uh, that series with um, Frances McDormand, because I love Frances McDormand. I'm happy to watch her in anything. Um, I didn't know it was a book, so pardon me if you're a huge fan of the book and you don't believe in this <laughs> in the t v series but I'm really looking forward to watching it, and I'll watch that next but speaking of t v and Netflix, I have been watching Black Mirror and Black Mirror is something that I first saw ages ago. I saw two episodes from season one um and it's really amazing like it's amazing, sort of what's the word for it like dystopian near future sci-fi so it's um I love sci-fi I think sci-fi is a really excellent vehicle for getting you to think about how small changes in culture can wreak huge changes in behavior and if you think about what's happening in the world at the moment like you know Trump being elected as president and how that's uh released all of this you know well it's validated a lot of this hate and fear that was being felt by people who were, you know, stood to lose a bit of their privilege, I suppose. But it also speaks to the fact that, you know, really the Western world hasn't caught up with the technological changes. You know, there's no such thing as you're not going to get a gold watch after 30 years of, you know, solid service to the good old company. And, you know, there's less stability in your work and, you know, you need to keep up with your skills. And so I think... Our system is failing us, and sometimes I think that the political unrest and dissatisfaction is just a a really basic reflection of that. The system is failing us, so we're angry, so we vote for change, but change is coming along in this guise. It's pretending to be something that it isn't. Those changes that that are going to happen are going to wind back an awful lot of hard-won progress in the United States from, you know, Bobby... uh, John F. Kennedy's anti-nepotism laws to um, the right to join a union to, I mean, you think Trump's going to raise the minimum wage and build some new super factories for you to work in? He's not. (laughs) He's not. He's just going to use your hatred to push his own agenda. So, yeah, good luck with that. But it could happen here. In fact, it is happening here. We have an incredibly um, right-wing conservative um, government that is you know, perpetuating human rights abuses um, that is earning us international attention from, you know, groups like Amnesty and the United Nations and, <laughs> you know. So you want to say, oh, America's heading down the toilet. Well, what's the pot calling kettle black over here in Australia? But um, that's the beeper going off, making some... I have, I have been perfecting scones. That, I have just made the best batch of scones um, from a recipe that I found in my little Scottish Tea Time um, book, which I think I was talking about the other week. And this time I made it with the egg. So add one beaten egg to the dry ingredients, and they are just delicious. So I've had a friend round, a dear friend round, to um, drink coffee and eat scones and talk modern dating. <laughs> so um, I am exploring some territory and looking to make, you know, connections with people. But it's got me thinking a lot about, you know, the nature of connections and what have I really got to offer and what am I really looking for. And, you know, it's uh, it's interesting, yeah. It's definitely interesting. I'm trying not to put too much hope into it, but I'm trying not to leave hope out of it. So it's pretty, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. And in... The downtime, because I do like to keep my brain busy, I got this app called Duolingo because I thought, I did French at school for a long time and I was pretty good at it and I really liked it and I like practising, talking my French and um, when I went overseas and actually got to be in France, I, I really enjoyed being able to use what little I still had and I thought that must be a good thing to do, be to keep up with my languages. So, I got Duolingo. And I started doing French and German, which are both languages that I learned at school. And then, because I've always wanted to go to Denmark, I added Danish. <laughs> and then, because I thought, oh, I'm doing all right learning three languages at once, I'll add a fourth. And so, I'm learning Italian as well. So, that's um, going really well. I'm, according to the, the algorithm that works out the Duolingo thing, I'm about 26% fluent in German, 22% fluent in French, 12% in Danish and 5% in Italian. So I just do about 5 to 10 minutes of each language every day. And so, so far, I I had a, I missed a day one day and it reset me, but now I'm back on my 22-day streak and I get these little congratulatory emails and stuff. So I really enjoy it. And the other day I was doing my Danish and it threw up the most, <laughs> the most hilarious sentence because I think the sentences aren't designed necessarily to make sense. Sometimes they're just... To get your brain to get used to the words. And this one was Ye Din Heste vin? And that translates to, I know your horse is drinking wine. And I just I thought that was so hilarious. Like, why why would you ever need to say that to someone? Look, I know your horse is drinking wine. That could be like <laughs> And it's not just I suspect your horse is drinking wine. I know your horse is drinking wine. I think that's so hilarious. So I'm enjoying that for the humor quality as well as, you know, learning something. Um, yeah, that's probably really all I've got to report at the moment. Um, sometimes when I sit and think about what's going to be in this program, I, I look at this box of uh, cashew, almond and hazelnut and coconut nuts, flakes and clusters. And every time I look at it, my brain starts thinking, you know, if, if you're allowed to have really sweary campaigns for regular products, you know, like that, <laughs> like that inappropriate because we live in a sexist culture, I thought the CU and the NT campaign was inappropriate because I'm sure it was written by young fellas thinking they're being hilarious. But I'd really love it if they could sell the cashew, almond, hazelnut, and coconut nut flakes and clusters as a clusterfuck of health. Wouldn't that be hilarious? So you're just walking along the, the aisle and it says, Hey, wow, <laughs> this is a clusterfuck of health products all in the one box. So I'm going to finish with that. And yeah, lots of love to you and... I hope you're well. I'm well, and um, I will see you next Tuesday. Bye.